Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. This week on Murder Monday on the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast, we look into one of the most famous and tragic losses of the 20th century, the death of Diana, Princess of Wales. Now, before we get into this case, while some may say it's an accident, others say it's murder. So right now, I'm about undecided on what it really is. Welcome to an all-new season of the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. This season, we dive into the most horrific unsolved murders in history. From the Black Dahlia murder to the unsolved murder of the Lady of the Dunes. Join us every Tuesday on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. As always, we thank you for listening. The Honorable Diana Frances Spencer was born in Norfolk, England on July 1st, 1961, the youngest daughter of then Viscount and Viscountess Althorpe, and therefore a member of the British aristocracy. The Honorable Diana became Lady Diana when her father inherited the earldom in 1975. 
Lady Diana attended boarding school in Kent, then finishing school in Switzerland until 1978. Afterward, Lady Diana moved into an apartment in London with some friends, going on to work as a kindergarten teacher at the Young England School. Also interesting that she was obviously an aristocrat. She was wealthy, had a title, yet still living in an apartment with pals and a kindergarten teacher in one of the most expensive cities in the world. The Spencer family had known the royal family for years, as they were neighbors in Norfolk. However, Diana and her future husband, Prince Charles, didn't get to know each other until November 1977. Lady Diana's sister, Lady Sarah, who had dated the prince on and off for a while, invited Charles to a weekend with her family. At the time, Lady Diana was 16, Charles was 29. Weirdness about the age difference aside, obviously. It is a red flag if they have it, have any. Charles invited two Spencer sisters to his 30th birthday in 1978, and the relationship between Lady Diana and the Prince grew. On February 24th, 1981, it was announced the couple was engaged. Five months later, they were wed. Before their wedding, Diana could recall only having met with her husband 13 times. Less than a year later, Diana gave birth to Prince William, with Prince Harry following a little more than two years after that. While suddenly being thrust into princessdom is a lot to handle, especially for a 20-year-old something with no princess experience. The royal family was reportedly relieved to have some youth in the mix to help revitalize their public image. Princess Diana was adored by the public, famously given the nickname The People's Princess by former UK Prime Minister Tony Blair. She used her popularity to advocate and raise awareness for causes ranging from leprosy to domestic violence, from mental health to the AIDS crisis. Her constant display of compassion meant she was able to capture the adoration of the public, in stark contrast to what was actually happening behind closed doors within the royal family. In a 95 interview with the BBC, Princess Diana explained that anything good I ever did, nobody ever said a thing. Never said well done, or was it okay? But if I tripped up, which invariably I did because I was new at the game, a ton of bricks came down on me. According to former royal correspondent for The Guardian, Stephen Bates, quote, there was an air of desperation about the marriage. The fact they scarcely knew each other was a big problem because the royals were so desperate to seize this potential asset that they didn't question whether she was up to the immense pressure she was going to get. Queen Elizabeth II reportedly thought Diana would find adjusting to royal life relatively easy, as she had grown up in privilege. This, however, was not the case. Diana had gone from living in an apartment with the friends to living in Buckingham Palace practically overnight, and the change was drastic and isolating. Between exercising and working on wedding plans, Diana spent most of her post-engagement days sitting around, bored and alone. The isolation contributing to a decline in her mental health. Soon after moving into Buckingham Palace, Diana began to struggle with bulimia. She publicly spoke about the eating disorder in an interview with the BBC in '95. I think these royals sort of live in a fish tank anyway, so as ghoulish as some of them seem, it's like, well, you know, their entire environment is awful. When you're in the public eye under intense scrutiny, Every second of the day, and you don't have anybody in the 
corner behind the scenes. Yeah, she doesn't have any allies within the house, so you're just isolated. I can see how that would lead you down a dark path. It also shows that when it comes to things like eating disorders, it can happen to any, anybody. It doesn't matter how high or low you are on the total pole of life. To the public, her struggles were largely invisible. Everyone wanted to believe in a perfect royal love story, so they did. On Diana's wedding day, hundreds of thousands of well-wishers lined the route from Buckingham Palace to the cathedral, hoping to catch a glimpse of the royal couple. The Archbishop of Canterbury commented that the wedding, quote, the stuff of which fairy tales are made. Meanwhile, Diana was suffering private. That guy was really reaching for a descriptor there. He really dug deep for that one. Prince and princess got married. It's the stuff of fairy tales. Oh, is it? Making matters worse for the princess, the one person she would obviously look to for help inside the palace, Prince Charles, was proving to be less than adequate company. According to the princess, her disorder eating began to develop after Charles placed his hand on her waist and remarked, A bit chubby here, aren't we? Hoo-hoo-hoo! Prince Charles explained that he gradually realized he would ask Diana to be his wife. And when asked if they were in love, Charles replied, Whatever in love means. I get that he doesn't have the greatest living situation. I'm sure things were equally difficult for him. Now, you know what? Fuck him. What am I talking about? He can go fuck himself. Whatever Charles believed love to mean. He was apparently experiencing it with another woman. Camilla Parker Bowles. According to Diana's taped interviews with Andrew Morton, Camilla and Charles had dated in the early 70s, but the royal family discouraged the prince from marrying her due to her less than sterling reputation, lack of family title, and love of another man. Nevertheless, their romantic relationship continued behind closed doors. When Charles and Diana were married, the prince's relation with Camilla was put on hold. Though Camilla's influence over Charles continued. Shortly before her wedding, Diana found a personalized bracelet her fiancé had purchased for Camilla. Throughout her honeymoon, her new husband wore cufflinks given to him by Camilla. Diana later reported that during this time, her bulimia was horrible and she would make herself sick just two minutes after eating anything. By 1986, it's believed that Charles had fully resumed his relationship with Camilla. A taped phone call from 1989 was later leaked to the press in which Charles told Camilla he wished he lived in her knickers. Now, aside from the fact that obviously he's not a great guy for cheating on his wife, that's just gross. That same year, Diana fr confronted Camilla. Camilla reportedly stood her ground, telling Diana, quote, You got everything you ever wanted. All the men in the world fall in love with you. You got two beautiful children. What more do you want? Reportedly, Diana famously responded, I want my husband. Years later, while speaking with the BBC, an interviewer asked her how she coped with everything. Diana said she cried a lot and often using her bulimia as a way to relieve some of the pressure. She also revealed that she was so depressed that she at one point tried to kill herself. Stuck in a very public yet very unhappy marriage, Diana began a relationship with Captain James Hewitt of the Queen's Household Cavalry. By the late 80s, Diana and Charles' marital problems became public knowledge. 
And in December 92, the Prime Minister announced the couple's amicable separation to the House of Commons. Charles and Diana officially divorced in August 1996. A year after the divorce, Diana was on vacation in France with her partner, Dodi Al-Fayed, who, according to The Independent, Diana had met in 1986 when he was playing in a polo match against her then-husband, Prince Charles. Shortly after midnight on Sunday, August 31st, Al-Fayed and Diana, along with bodyguard Trevor Rees-Jones, left the Ritz Hotel in Paris. Fayed's father owned the hotel, and the head of security there, Henry Paul, was driving the group in a Mercedes-Benz, presumably to Al-Fayed's Paris estate. While approaching the entrance to a bridge, Paul lost control of the vehicle while being chased by paparazzi, reportedly driving 70 miles per hour in a 30-mile-per-hour zone. The Mercedes slammed into a pillar to the center of the highway. Diana, Al-Fayed, and Paul were all not wearing seatbelts. Paul and Fayed were pronounced dead at the scene, while Diana and Reese Jones were taken to the hospital. Many paparazzi who had been chasing the car chose to photograph the wreckage instead of trying to help the victims. Reese Jones survived, but Diana's injuries proved to be more severe. The princess was suffering from a concussion, broken arm, cut thigh, and serious chest injuries. Doctors operated for two hours but could not get the princess's heart to beat properly. She passed away from internal bleeding the morning of August 31st. She was 36 years old and survived by her two sons, Prince William and Prince Harry. On September 6, 1997, two and a half billion people, that's billion with a B, tuned in to watch the funeral procession for Princess Diana, one of the largest non-sporting television audiences ever. In the wake of her death, as can happen when the world struggles to come to terms with an unspeakable tragedy, conspiracy theories began to gain steam largely thanks to their publication in the Daily Express. Rumors suggesting someone intentionally killed the princess swirled. In response, the Metropolitan Police launched Operation Paget to determine if any might have truth to them. Eventually, the operation examined 175 theories. While we can't look into all 175 theories, it's time we check out some of the most prevalent theories surrounding the death of Diana, Princess of Wales. Our first theory is that the driver, Henry Paul, was paid by security forces in either France or Britain to intentionally crash the car. This comes from reports that Paul seemingly had much more money than his salary could explain. Despite making only 35000 a year, Paul had nearly 250000 in his bank account and a significant amount of cash on him at the time of his death. The physical evidence, however, points not to malice but recklessness. The day after the crash, French authorities announced Paul's blood alcohol level was three times the legal limit, implying it was drunk driving, not an intended assassination that caused the crash. Conspiracy theories try to argue that Paul's body was swapped out with a drunk person to give the crash some cover. Skeptics also point to reports that no one saw Paul acting drunk despite the large amounts of alcohol in his system. Our second conspiracy theory is that Diana was killed by the British state because she was supposedly pregnant with Al-Fayed's child. This theory is spearheaded by Fayed's father, Mohammed Al-Fayed, 
who in 2008 told the British Royal Courts of Justice while he was convinced of this narrative. He argues that the royal family would never accept the idea of Dodi, an Egyptian Muslim, being the stepfather of the eventual King of England, and thus plotted to kill Diana, and therefore the alleged half-sibling to the princess gestating inside her. Now, for this to be true, the royal family would have to be racist. Do I think they put a hit out on her? Seems like... I don't think so. In the weeks before her death, some newspapers actually began to speculate that Diana was pregnant, especially after Princess made comments about a big surprise. Casting doubt on this theory, however, is the fact that Diana was not pregnant. Her post-mortem examination and further blood tests all concluded Diana was not pregnant. People close to the pr princess n note that her menstrual cycle was normal at the time. She was using contraception, and she had never mentioned a pregnancy to anyone. Another theory surrounding the princess's death is that her medical care was intentionally sabotaged. This theory took root after reports emerged that Diana was treated at the scene by emergency crews before transported to a hospital. Had she been taken to a hospital before treatment began, they argue perhaps she could have been saved. This theory appears rooted in differences between the UK and French emergency protocols. While the UK prioritizes getting injured victims to a hospital as quickly as possible, French emergency crews are trained to give treatment on the scene before transporting a person to the hospital. This theory would also require a large amount of expert doctors and caregivers to break their ethical vows, as well as lie about doing so. Most doctors also agree that no matter the treatment, it would have been practically impossible for Diana to survive her injuries. Our final conspiracy theory is the only one that has a ring of truth to it, that Diana predicted her own untimely death. Ten minutes before her death, Diana gave a letter to a former butler for safekeeping. In the letter, she wrote, This particular phase of my life is the most dangerous. Redacted is planning an accident in my car. Brake failure and serious head injury in order to make the path clear for Charles to marry. On April 9, 2005, seven years after Diana's death, Prince Charles married Parker Bowles, who is now Her Royal Highness, the Duchess of Cornwall. That's weird. I mean, there's no way around that one. That one is weird. I don't know what's going on there. It could be very well be a coincidence. I think it's a very, you know, she's in a situation where she's not on great terms with this family. Possibly a little paranoid about her well-being. It stacks up. And by that, I mean she clearly predicted that, oh, it's not going to go well for me. But I don't know that it was orchestrated. Did her brakes go out? No. It wasn't brake failure. It was an accident, though, in a car. And we still don't know who the redacted person is. Diana's worries about being murdered were exasperated by the fact that she believed her former bodyguard and lover, Barry Manneke, was similarly assassinated in a car crash. 2004, NBC aired a video featuring Diana talking about her affair with Manneke, describing him as... The greatest love I ever had. He was all found out, and he was chucked out. Then he was killed. I think he was bumped off. Yeah, so obviously she was very suspicious, rightfully so. 
I guess you can leave it at that. Yeah, I mean, she's probably terrified for her own life. Yeah, I still tend to believe the dude was hammered. He was driving a car. Don't do that. I can see why this would get the gears turning and all the conspiracy theorists out there. Firing up their engines, as they say. If something tragic happens to me, even if it is very suspicious, don't even bother talking about it. Just move past it. After examining 175 different theories surrounding Princess Diana's death, Operation Paget concluded none had any basis in reality. Determining the crash was, after all, a tragic accident. Diana was beloved the world over, both as an advocate for the sick and oppressed and as a role model for women everywhere. In her 95 interview with the BBC, Diana tried to explain the antagonism she'd face while part of the royal family. I think every strong woman in history has to walk down a similar path. I think it's the strength that causes the confusion and the fear. Unfortunately, in the case of Diana, Princess of Wales, the answer to those questions will remain unsolved. And that's all we have for this episode. Let us know your thoughts on this episode. Send us a tweet at TrueCrimeNS or find us on Instagram at TrueCrimeNeverSleeps. Thanks for watching and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. Follow us on Twitter at True Crime NS. Like us on Facebook at True Crime Never Sleeps. Send us a voice message at anchor.fm slash true crime never sleeps slash message. Tune in next week for an all new episode. Redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.